Hello and welcome to Ditching Hourly. I'm Jonathan Stark. Today I'm joined by special guest Joel Pelger. Joel, welcome to the show. Hey, it's good to be back, Jonathan. Thanks, uh, thanks for sitting down to do this again. That's right. I should say welcome back. We talked, I think it was in April of last year, 2019. And that was a great episode. If folks want to check that out, I'll link to it in the show notes. We talked about uh, positioning creative firms, if I remember correctly. We did. We had quite a little epiphany in that in that conversation. Yes, one of my one of my favorite epiphanies, um, the the A versus the Correct. positioning hack. I love that. Still talk <laughs> Me about too. It to this day. Uh, but today we are going to talk about a different topic, and that topic is fostering a community of clients. But first, uh, for folks who haven't heard your name before uh, or had, hadn't listened to that episode, can you tell everyone a little bit about who you are and what you do? Sure. Uh, so my name Joel Pilger. I work as a consultant uh, with RevThink, which is a, a consultancy that uh, we say is helps creative entrepreneurs thrive in business and life and career. But me specifically, I basically help emerging creative studios become industry leaders. So I work with owners of creative studios that are animation, motion design, sound, live action, these kinds of things, come alongside their businesses and help them thrive. Great. Awesome. Okay. So how does creating a community, uh, what does creating a community have to do with that? Oh man. Okay. Well, so I have to, I'll have to step back a second because I'll just say this. I have for years taught a concept, um, in one of my accelerator programs, this concept called experts travel. And this originally came to me by way of David C. Baker. You know David, right? Yes. He's coming so, soon, in fact. Yeah, good. Uh, and, and this concept basically said that you should be positioned and communicating with clients in such a way and have such a defined expertise that they will search you out far and wide and travel even to come find you, work with you, and vice versa, that you would seek out your clients and travel to meet with them. Mm -hmm. This was all working great. I used this to great benefit when I ran my studio, Impossible Pictures, back in the day. Made a huge difference. I built an incredible network of relationships by traveling. And this was lunches and dinners and meetings and presentations and so forth. And then COVID happened. Right. And I had this whole module around this concept that was now irrelevant. And mm -hmm. what I noticed, and I probably you probably observed this as well, is COVID didn't so much change things as rather accelerate changes that had already been underway. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So if I was honest, I was saying to myself, you know, this idea of like cold email and traveling to get meetings, there was something always deep down inside of me that said, you know, this is good. But I sense there's something better out there and creating community mm -hmm. is ultimately the answer. So I'm kind of skipping ahead, but yeah. I'll just say that's really the context for why I arrived at this notion and realized that really creative entrepreneurs who somehow foster a community of fans, followers, and of course there's prospects and <laughs> clients in that eventually as well, they thrive. They do very, very well. And so I, I spent the past few months really wrapping my head around this concept. Uh, and so that's, that's when you're, you sent an email out that triggered me and I said, Ooh, this would be fun to sit down and talk about, because I think you've experienced some of the same thing with your clients. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, we, I've been talking about that a lot lately because, uh, Rochelle and I, on my other podcast, the business of authority interviewed Priya Parker, who wrote the art of gathering. So it's, it's that interview was maybe a month ago and unfortunately it was lost the recording was lost but uh 
we did talk to her and, and it's been on my mind ever since. Like her, her book is an absolute masterpiece of, of insights and practical advice and fun stories. And, uh, and I sent it to a bunch of people for Christmas. <laughs> I think it's a really good book, but it's been on my mind. So it could have been any number of emails that I sent out, but I remember one in particular, uh, uh, where I talked about the, the folks who I'm, uh, you know, not necessarily clients, but folks who I work with and, and uh, I'm in Slack rooms and masterminds with, the people that have mailing lists are not having a bad year in terms of business. Mm-hmm. And people who normally just sort of work off of referrals and kind of hope and pray that leads will come in, they're, they're not having the greatest year business-wise. Exactly. And to me, I, I mean, my mailing list, I mail every day and I interact with them quite a bit. And I often say it feels like a community to me, even though that's not 100% accurate because they can't talk to each other very easily. Right. But um, it, it very much, I treat it like a community. It feels like a community to me, not just this this like anonymous blast that I send out to this mass of people. Sure. Well, I, here's the, my other experience, I'll say, is for years I was a fan of cold email as a strategy to start relationships. And it worked relatively well, but not great. Mm-hmm. Here's where it got stuck. There's this sales cycle that you'll find with creative firms where you're moving people from aware to interest to intent and then to award where they hand you a job. Mm-hmm. But the, you can send out an email to somebody and yes, they'll get it and they'll, they'll see you mm-hmm. and they'll click on the link in your signature and go visit your website. And with my clients, they run these creative firms. Of course, the person who is sitting in their cubicle under a dim fluorescent light (laughs) is going to see this beautiful, shiny company and all of the beautiful work they do and say, yeah, I'm interested in talking to you, but getting them from interest to intent. Mm -hmm. I I say this, there's a chasm. There's Mm -hmm. a chasm between, yes, I see you and I'm interested. Let's talk and let me waste your time uh, (laughs) kicking the tires. But now do I have intent? Do I trust you? Do I respect your expertise and do, are we going to work together? Mm -hmm. And bridging that chasm has been some, it's, it's been a riddle I've been working on for six or now seven years, mm-hmm. ever since I started consulting. And I think community is the answer. So it's, it's quite a bold statement for me to say that because I've been thinking about this for years and now to finally feel like I have this grand unifying theory of this is how we're going to bridge this chasm. Um, but we can, we can talk more about what that looks like, but is that, does that resonate with you? Oh, it, it's certainly a, it's certainly a, an answer. I, I definitely think that if you are, I, I mean, companies don't buy, people buy. So the more people you're connected with and the more people who trust you and the more people who are aware of what you do and value it and believe that they would get some benefit out of it, then, you know, the odds are pretty good that yep. you are going to eventually get some work out of that. It It's a long game though, you know, and I think a lot of, and that's, I mean, compared to cold email, but well, is it more effective? I, I think so. If you can weather the, you know, 18 months or whatever it is. of Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and to be fair, I think we should also share people. There's there's some pieces you do need to have in place before this happens. Because I'm guessing someone listening is saying, okay, great, build community. Like, what? <laughs> How do I do that? And I will say some things you have to have in place first is first, you got to know what you're great at, right? I call that your genius. You've got to have really killer positioning, right? You've got to have a strong point of view that's very narrow, that's sticky, that makes people curious. Mm -hmm. And then you need to have some sort of platform. And it could be like, you know, you've seen with your podcast, other people uh, use Facebook, I mean, whatever your platform Mm -hmm. is. Mm -hmm. And, but if you don't have those first two pieces in place, you don't really have anything to say. 
So I would encourage people to gain clarity around that first so that when you reach out to someone and say, hey, I'm inviting you into my community where we are going to be talking about <laughs> mm-hmm. what it can't just be, we're going to hang out and it's a veiled sales pitch for my services. Right. No. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hard right. no. Right. Yeah. Who's it for and, uh, and what is it for? You know, sort of Seth Godin. Have you ever heard the somewhat famous quote from Peter Drucker? He, um, now I'm going to change one word in this quote to serve our purposes, but I read this quote and it, and it was like a lightning bolt for me. Mm-hmm. He said, because the purpose of business is to create clients, mm-hmm. the business enterprise has two and only two basic functions, marketing and innovation. Now I changed the word clients, clients. that used to yeah. be customers, right? But yeah. we're just going to, for our purposes, that serves us here. When I yeah, read this, that's I, my, I, same, same I, here, by the way. I mean, that, that quote is one of the smartest things I've ever heard. And it took me about two years to even understand it and agree with it. Exactly. <laughs> Similarly. And I'm, I, you know, to be fair, you may have been the one who turned me on to this quote and it, it really bothered me at first because I, I said, I thought the purpose of business is to go find clients and customers, right? No, nope. create them. Yeah, that's what I thought too. Create them. I was like, what, what is up with that? Mm-hmm. And then he says, therefore, there's only two functions, marketing and innovation. But I have studied this and thought about it. And I think it's at the heart of what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. I agree. Marketing and innovation. Because what he's really saying is innovation is the thing you do. Marketing is creating customers. And then you start realizing, oh, right. Kind of like back in the day when, say, Apple created a customer called Joel when they invented the iPod. I didn't need an iPod. I didn't want an iPod. I never thought of an iPod. But guess what? They created a customer. Mm-hmm. In the same sense, I do honestly believe, and I'm still working on this out, that we have the opportunity to create clients. Because as we foster community and we share our expertise and we invite people into something, they show up and realize, I didn't even know I needed this. But now that I'm here and I see everybody else that's here and I see what's happening, I want to be a part of this. I want to invest in this. I want to see a return from this and all kinds of cool opportunities arise. Yep. Yeah. A hundred percent. It's like you, in order to well, a million things going through my head. First of all, Drucker's a genius. I love that quote. It could have been me that I've, I've been talking about that quote for years. It could have been me. It doesn't matter. Um, I, I also agree that clients is a fine substitution there. It's basically the buyer. Yeah. And for people who aren't, are not, you know, people who think the purpose of business is to make a profit or something like that, uh, or that, that you go out and find customers. No, that's not, it's, it's, I don't even want to do the whole episode about this, but uh, maybe I'll do another episode about that, but um, it's it's super important. And like Joel said, it, it's at the heart of what we do. So how do you get somebody to, how do you create a tension inside of someone, a tension, not attention? Uh, how do you create that tension, that hunger, that itch inside of them that's going to make them want to become a client or a customer or a student or whatever you want to call it? Well, and that's what I'll, marketing does. Yeah, and, and I'll, this is my little quick version uh, to answer that question is I would say it's by inviting leads into your community where you are sharing your expertise and rapidly building trust at scale. And those, you know, rapidly is one word there and scale is another word there that's important. Mm-hmm. So that, that community is ultimately going to be the place where because you are risking 
this is an odd word, right? And this is another Drucker quote, right? Mm -hmm. All profit is derived from risk. Right. Okay, you're, you're risking. You're saying, I'm going to put effort out there to you, lead, prospect, client. I'm going to put effort called my expertise. I'm going to share it with you and share it with you and share it with you. I mean, you do this all the time, Jonathan. You just keep sharing and sharing and sharing and sharing as fast as you can. Mm -hmm. And when you do that, you're actually risking. You're putting effort out there on their behalf. And guess what? How, why people respond to that is because they say, wow, he doesn't know me. I don't know him, but he's putting all this effort out to help me. What does that do? That builds trust. Mm -hmm. It also demonstrates your expertise. And then when you invite people, come be a part of this, they're willing to give you a shot. Yeah, I'll go check out Jonathan's thing. It's very different than here's a cold email. Do you want to meet and talk <laughs> when you know it's really just a self-serving sales pitch? It's, it's promotional. And yeah. Inviting people into a community, I think, is is a very different invitation. Okay, so I, I totally agree with that. So let's give people, uh, if we can, a little bit of uh, maybe a concrete example. So let's say I, let's say I do three D graphics and animation. What community am I supposed to start? Mm. Or video production? You pick the example, but I'm a creative. I'm a small creative firm. Community of what? Like people who want to learn how to do Blender? I don't think so. Right, right. Well, okay. I'll give you. I'll give you one example um, uh, of, of one of my clients. But let me let me first say there's there's I call it sort of three categories of potential platforms mm -hmm. that it, it, it's good to think about first because there are broadcasts, there are conversations, and then there's communities. Now these all sort of fall into the broad category of community. But when you think about a broadcast, it's you know like a podcast. We're having a one way conversation with people that are listening. Mm -hmm. Conversations are things like meetings, which are better. Okay. So we're going from good to better. The mm -hmm. problem with conversations and meetings is they're not scalable. I can't have a presentation with 500 people. So then the community is the, what I call best. And what's beautiful about it is it can be live. It can be scalable, but it also here's the cool thing. It generates referrals in, in that space. Because people walk into that community, and I'm using air quotes, mm -hmm. but they walk in and they say, oh, I see Jonathan over there. Well, if Jonathan's here, then these people must know what they're talking about. And I see Susie over there from HBO, and I see Bob over there from Target. Wow. So what's happening is you're, there's these implied referrals and conversations happening around. So I would encourage people to think about that. And obviously, that's harder to create. But my example that I would reference, so one of my clients is Cookie Studio in London, uh, run by a fellow named Tiago. And years ago, he started a community gathering to basically bring all of the motion design freelancers in London together and have like a monthly meetup. And that was going on for years. It's called See No Evil. They would get together and they would talk shop. They would bring in guests. And this thing grew to be hundreds and hundreds of people that would show up these, at these events. Mm -hmm. Well, then when COVID hit, I encouraged Tiago to th rethink what's actually happening here. How can we move this platform, this community into the future. Well, he moved it all online, made it a live show. And instead of it just simply being like, let's hang out. I said, why don't we invite some of the buyers into this conversation? Let's have panels and bring in panelists. Let's uh, bring in other shops that you might say, well, why would I bring in a competitor? Well, guess what? You're sharing your expertise. They're sharing theirs. Trust me, it's all good. Yeah. That example for him has been very powerful because his online community is has certain 
key advantages over the community that used to gather in person. And someday it might go back to in person, but I, I doubt I did a, I doubt it'll ever go back to being only in person because now he's reaching the globe. And I think it's a great example of how when people show up there and they say, well, here's Tiago with the uh, vice president of marketing from Nickelodeon, what happens in everyone's brains? They Im immediately say, well, he's clearly connected. He's clearly an expert because those two guys are here. And I think I like him. I think I trust him. I want to listen to what he has to say. So there's a, the beginnings of a, a relationship. Yeah, absolutely. So the, the trick is how do you get the you know panelist from HBO? Well, you, you, the quick version is you invite them. <laughs> uh, it, and I know I'm oversimplifying, but I will well, say this. This I'm, is the tricky part because to me, the the person who sees themselves as a technician, I build Rails apps. Uh, I think it's obvious to them how to make a community of other Rails developers, but how do they make a community of potential buyers? Yeah. Well, I would, of course, you start close to home. Okay. You start with your family. Then you think about friends. Then you think about uh, fans. Then you think about foreigners. Those are my four, my four Fs. Uh, meaning <laughs> this. Start with the people that you know that you've already made an impact. So you have clients that you work with right now that you would consider friends. Mm -hmm. And if you reached out to them and said, hey, I'm starting this monthly or quarterly thing, whatever it is, live discussion panel, where we're going to be talking about the future of app development and how it solves business problems. Okay, cool. that's good a example. terrible terrible title, but let's, let's go that's with it. That's a good it. example, though. Yeah, I like the example. <laughs> right? See, what we're talking about is we're talking about outcomes and results. Because I don't really... You know, you know the old analogy of the drill. I don't want to yes. drill. I just want the hole. <laughs> okay, so don't talk to me about your your thing and how it works and and that. Don't tell me about the features. I want to know about the outcomes and the benefits. And if you invite one of your friends slash clients into that, and you just start and just know that it's going to suck at the beginning. Yes, the first few episodes are going to suck, mm -hmm. but you're going to get ten people to show up, and then forty people will show up, and then hundred and forty, and then you once you start to generate some interest and some interesting conversations, trust me, you are going to be shocked at the number of unexpected intersections that arrive. And I'm sure you've seen this, Jonathan, right? Between oh, yeah. your podcast and your other things, it's nuts how people will find you and say, I heard your thing. Can you come be a guest at my thing? And can you speak? And trust me, it's it's great. But the, the biggest thing holding you back is starting. Just get started. And I know within a few months, maybe it'll take a year, you'll be in a position where you can reach out just like I do and just like you do, Jonathan. I could reach out to somebody at HBO right now and say, hey, I'm doing this thing. I'd love for you to be a part of it. Can you come be a panelist on my, my thing? Mm -hmm. And there's a high probability the person is going to say, yeah, that sounds awesome. But is there some magic? You know, am I this super famous celebrity? No, I'm just a guy, but I do have a platform. I have a point of view. I have a, I have a small following and people respect that. They want to participate and be part of something exciting that you're inviting them into. So let's uh, pivot off of the point of view piece. Okay. Because I think that's a big, I, I think that's a really important part for, and it, uh, I don't know how closely you associate that with positioning or genius or um, uh, some of the other things you've listed before. But, <laughs> yeah, a lot. <laughs> yeah. So I, because to me, if somebody, if somebody comes to me and they're just, uh, you know, they have an invite to go speak to their, their little community, because that exact thing happens. People say, oh, love your book. I'm on your mailing list. I've got a community of like 45 designers that like hang out on Thursday nights. Can mm -hmm. you, would you like to do a presentation? 
And it's like, I might say yes, I might, but it's not, there's nothing, if it's just like people hanging out, it's not the same as, you know, we're trying to change the world in this particular way. Would you like to help, help us in our mission? Right. Uh, that well, is well very different, you know, so, <laughs> and if I, well, assuming I agree with the mission, <laughs> right? You yeah. Know, if I, if I agree with the vision and the mission and, and the direction that they're going, I'll be, I'll be much faster to say, heck yeah, count me in anything I can do to help. Well, I, I have nothing to add. I think what you just said is, is <laughs> okay. a brilliant, a brilliant point that just hanging out, it's, it's just like if you walked into a bar and somebody in the bar said, Hey, would you go over there and grab the microphone and speak to everybody here? We're just <laughs> exactly. hanging out. And, it's so awkward. Yeah. And you're like, uh, no, <laughs> like, no, I don't really know you. And I certainly don't know where you're coming from. I don't know where you're going. Right. So or I don't know three, how I can help. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. I don't even know where to begin. I'll just say this. I, I, you're reminding me that one format that is always constructive is a Q and a, I got invited yes. into a, uh, a film and video association in Colorado, they said, Hey, could you, could you come speak to us? And I said, well, sure. I, I think, but what <laughs> about what topic? And they said, well, you know, you do these website roasts for your client. Would you be willing to roast some of our members <laughs> websites and then do a Q and a, and I'm like, Oh yeah, I'm in. <laughs> yeah. So I show up and I shred these people's websites, of course, lovingly and, and uh, gently, yeah. but then the Q and a, is always great because there's, I know people panic when they think, wait, I'm going to put myself on the spot and live have to answer questions. But I just will say this in my experience, and you, you tell me yours, Jonathan, in my experience, it's amazing how much you know, and it's very focused. The answers will come to you and you will have an amazing conversation or you will just say, you know what? I don't know. Go, go look up Jonathan Stark. He's got all the answers. Mm -hmm. Right. I, I couldn't agree more. My absolute favorite part is the Q&A uh, because that's when you can take the theory and translate it into something that hopefully will inspire action in the person who's asking. Yes. So before, before any kind of presentation, my main question, main question is who is the audience? Is there, you know, is there a type? Are there a couple of different types? What stage are they at? What are their big challenges? So I'll try and tailor the you know, my usual shtick and rants and stuff into something that's a little bit more customized for them. But still, I know, you know, individuals are going to have their own um, blind spots and they're going to kind of get what I'm saying, but they just cannot translate it in their head into some kind of action that they could take. So right. Q&A is my absolute favorite part. And the and and Joel, what you're saying about uh, don't don't fear the Q&A is hundred percent correct because you've always got the out to say, that's a good question. I, I should know the answer to that, but I don't, uh, I'll find out and get back to you. Yep. And yeah. I've I, said that many times. Yeah. I think I say, I wish I had the answer to that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've done that. I've done that. in front. I mean, you don't want every answer to be like that. As long as the <laughs> questions are on topic, that's not going to happen very often. Uh, but I've done that. I've done that in front of a whole room of people and, and had people come up to me after and said, to the effect of, you know, when you, when you said that you didn't know the answer to that one question, it made me trust all your other answers way more. For sure. And also never forget, I don't know if it's a jujitsu or judo, what the move is, but when there's always a, a great tactic, just simply called, why do you ask that? Mm -hmm. Right. You can always respond to a question by saying, I'm not sure I understand what you're asking. 
let's dig deeper. What, what do you mean by that? Or why is that important? And it's, it's interesting because you'll eventually find some point of, oh, I see what you're asking. I mm-hmm. do know something about that. Or I do have a thought or I can point you in a direction. So yep, as you said, don't, don't fear the, yeah, don't fear the Q and A. Yeah. And there's, I'll, I'll leave you with one more. Um, you can ask the room. So if, some, uh-huh. if somebody asks you a question that yeah. you think someone in the room might know the answer to, or you might know, like I know Joel's in the audience and Joel's more of an expert at this. Joel, what do you think? That's a great, that's a great tactic. I'll have to use that. Yeah. It's, and you know, and it invites them in and gives somebody else the spotlight for a minute. Uh, yeah, cool. Okay. So where, what then happens? Let's say, you know, somebody says, all right, I'm, I've got this vision. I'm on a mission to rid the world of hourly billing or, you know, have Mm -hmm. a a billion creative firms making enough money to do what they love or whatever your mission is. And I I create this community and I invite people in and it grows and grows and grows. I start getting luminaries from uh, the buyer and seller side on panels and talks and so forth. What happens next? When do I monetize? (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) Well, you, you always, you know, it's your prerogative to go into your community and, extend an invitation. And I saw um, uh, a, a consultant named James Kemp do, do this approach. I loved it. He simply went into his community and he just laid it out there. He said, I'm inviting 10 business owners into a new opportunity where we're going to go after these kinds of deals and these kinds of numbers over the next 30 days. If you're interested, DM me. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, all right, I'm a member of his community. I trust him. I like him. I know he's an absolute phenomenal expert. So his invitation lands properly now. It's right. not, nothing like a cold email, which I would just absolutely delete from someone <laughs> that I don't know. So it's just, uh, I, I think of it in terms of how do you take your thing that you're selling and turn it instead into an invitation to be part of an exciting story called, we're going to go make an amazing result in the world. Do you want to join us? Do you want to be a part of this? Right. We're going on an adventure. Who's with me? Yeah. And we're, by the way, we're going with or without you. Yes, exactly. See, I don't need you. I don't, I don't need you. I kind of don't even care whether or not you come along. You know, if we're a fit, yes, I'm super excited about that. But if we're not a fit, I do not care that you're not joining us. And there's a very different posture, I think, than than most business owners have because we're so addicted to cash. <laughs> right. And, and the, the thing, I talk about the difference between hunting and gardening for food. Mm-hmm. And, and the, the hunter mode is the mode that most of the people I, I work with are familiar with, where they are a technician of some kind. They, they work in-house somewhere, probably a software developer, could be a copywriter or photographer or uh, whatever. And they decide to go out on their own. They start freelancing or consulting or whatever they call themselves and they rent themselves out by the hour and they get a bunch of clients initially or they get enough clients initially because there's a built-in marketing story that they told the boss to take this job and shove it and they're going out on their own and <laughs> you know, and everybody tells everybody and if you need a web developer, you should hire Bob. Right. And then you know, 12 to 18 months later, Bob's just another freelancer struggling to find leads and if, and if like uh, you know, a turkey falls in his lap, great. But geez, I haven't seen any turkeys around lately. I don't think one's going to fall in my lap. I better go out and hunt for one. And that's when you see all this like really uh, desperate <clears throat> and spammy outreach, um, link, these LinkedIn DMs that I'm sure everybody's seen. And my, if, my, my least favorite one that I rail against is any post that has the phrase, check out 
dot 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 in it okay yeah don't this send is, me homework yeah <laughs> well it's just please understand it's so presumptuous when i see someone who's like hey here's my latest demo reel of all the greatest work i've done this past year check it out i i have such a visceral like how dare you mm-hmm. a, yeah. a response to that and i'm not even a buyer i'm, I'm just I'm, you know i'm a consultant right. so i i instead want to reach out and say can I give you some suggestions on how to change your posture? Because that is a very hunter thing. Like I've got you on my sites and if you respond to this, I'm going to, you know, pull back my, pull back my bow and, and shoot you with an arrow uh, as yeah. opposed to you. What is, what is gardening? Gardening is planting seeds, tending to them every day. And mm-hmm. then, you know, you're not going to get tomatoes on day one. You're going to get tomatoes months later, but once they start coming up, you're going to have more tomatoes than you can handle. So it's it's just really a question of like long-term thinking versus short-term thinking. And the, the, the obstacle is maintaining a cash flow long enough for the tomatoes to start coming up. Well, I like the analogy because I grew some tomatoes this past summer. <laughs> and guess what? I had so many tomatoes. Guess what happened? I was choosy. I was like, oh, that one's kind of blemished. Oh, that one's not very big and, and ripe. This one is ripe. Oh, this one's beautiful, right? Like, yeah. the, 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 it's that ability to say no that it has such enormous advantages once you get there. But you do mm-hmm. have to tend that garden to get those, <laughs> all those choices. Yeah, and, and I think it's, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that it's required that you actually care and don't view it as, like it's going to be a side effect that you end up with a bunch of so many tomatoes that you can pick and choose. It it has you have to treat it like a side effect. Just believe that it's a good thing to do for your business and that it is going to pay off for you, but that is secondary. You're I don't know, I mean maybe someone exists that could fake it, but why bother? Like yeah. Find something you care about, a vision that you want to make a reality, go on that mission, invite people on the mission, and if you if you actually care about it, it's going to show through. If it's if it's a a crass money grab, if it's an attempt to, you know, slowly if if it's a slow cold email essentially like dripped out over months, then I think people are going to see through that. It's going to come out in your demeanor and your word choice and your tone. Uh, all the little things that like when you think you're off stage but people can actually see and I mean that figuratively uh and, and literally. But all all of the all of those things, all the backstage stuff is going to align if you really mean it. Yep. So, you know, how, how do you f- help people who your, uh, your clients, how do you help your clients figure out what they care about? I know that sounds like a dumb question, but all the time I'll get people that are like, I don't know. Well, like, I just care I, about coding. I just care about my craft. <laughs> well, I, I, okay. So I'll answer it this way. So it's like step one, you have to pick your platform, okay, that plays to your strengths. Number two, you're going to choose your topic, right? Your your POV, whatever that thing is. Mm-hmm. But then there's this whole, as you're saying, well, now I got to try it on. Now I have to actually say, what is it that I really care about that I can invite people into? And I'll share a quote from one of my clients. Uh, this is Dallas Taylor, who runs De Facto Sound. And he's the host of this podcast that years ago he created called the 20,000 Hertz podcast runaway hit. Okay. It just got picked up as part of the Ted community of podcasts. So, Oh, I think uh, they talk about sound like, uh, like, uh, like the NBC chimes, right? Yeah. Yeah. The world, yeah. The world's most famous or recognizable sounds. Yeah. Yeah. So Dallas, uh, Dallas was one of my clients and I asked Dallas for his point of view. Like you, you made this podcast and it's creating such incredible 
opportunities and connections and so forth for you. What would you say to everybody else out there that's like, yeah, I'm going to go do my thing and I'm going to start, you know, sending out my emails and selling people. And he's like, no, no, no. Or even the person who says, oh, I'm going to take my my company and we're going to start a podcast for my company and talk about all of our services. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. No, here's what Dallas said. Dallas said, Joel, Joel, please tell everyone, go make something, but don't make it for clients. Make it for the other seven plus billion people on the planet. Chances are you'll find many excited to support what you're creating. Meaning what is the thing that even if clients didn't exist, you would still be passionately creating, building, mm. talking about, sharing, okay? And then because we have existing capacity, resources in our businesses to make stuff, we pick a platform or a channel or a format or something that plays to our strengths. And then we start inviting people into that community. But it has to be something that if you were just free to do you and live your life with purpose and with meaning, what would you do? And I think that's very, very, very different than what you said before, because anything that's just self-serving or about money, you're right. It only takes that one little slip, that one little cheesy call to action, yeah. you know, that, that one little buy now button or whatever, that suddenly people go, oh, I've been snookered. This whole thing, it's just one big sales pitch. Right, right. Yeah. So I, I know what people are uh, thinking. So I, I know a, a lot of people are some people are excited by this idea because they know what that thing is. They know what the thing is that they would do all day long. Um, uh, the, the thing that brings purpose and meaning to their lives and that excites them that they do for free if they could afford to. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of people don't though. And I, I wonder, uh, an alarming number of people don't, or the, they do, they know what the thing is, but it's, they can't see any way that it's related to their business. Ah. So it's kind of, it'd be kind of like if, um, if your friend there who runs the, the sound podcast, if his day job was like, he was a chiropractor, you know, and, and they're like, well, I'd love to do a podcast about, or vice versa. Like I'm a rails developer, but I'm like fascinated with Pilates and, you know, I don't know if we're probably getting over our own heads here. I know I am, <laughs> but at a certain point it's kind of like, well, maybe you shouldn't be a rails developer and you should go teach Pilates, but Right. Yeah. Or find the intersection. I have a little Venn diagram in my brain I'm seeing right now called, oh, maybe I'm a Rails developer for Pilates businesses, studios, enterprises, et cetera. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know. That's not the worst idea ever. Right. Yeah. I just was just listening to uh, Adam Davidson's podcast. He came on the Business of Authority last week and he's got a, um, a story about a financial planner whose dad was uh, a, a pretty well-known bass sport fisherman like a mm -hmm. champion bass fisherman and he grew up fishing and he loved fishing he didn't want to go he didn't want to follow in his dad's footsteps uh, so we went he went into financial planning you know as he put it just because he figured there'd be money in it and he just wanted money uh, but then when he graduated college he was kind of like in a firm and he hated it and it was like like he liked the work but he didn't like the 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 culture of the firm and and uh so we went to a show with his um uh a, a con uh, what am I trying to say? A conference, not a conference, a trade show. That's what I mean. He went to a trade show with his dad, like the biggest one. And his dad just said, oh, this is my son. He's a financial planner. Oh, really? And then next thing you know, it, well, next thing you know, three years later, but uh, he became like the financial planner to the stars in the bass fishing world. <laughs> I love it. That's a great example. Yeah. Right. So there's, there is, 
you know, a lot of folks, and this is to the dear listener, a lot of folks I talk to are like, oh, I could, you know, I'm like, well, we really need to have a little bit more focused positioning. I can't, I can't help a generalist Rails developer or a generalist full stack developer, even worse. Uh, so maybe the, maybe the pivot is into bass fishing and you, you do things in the bass fishing space that, um, that you can do with your skills. And then, you know, cause they'll, they'll say, well, I could do this for anyone. Why would I pick a particular thing? And well, the whole reason of this episode is why you'd pick, pick the thing. Cause then you could create a community of something that you cared about. Yeah. And, you know, and then. Yeah, this is my, right. Like my community of creative entrepreneurs. It's because I ran my own studio for 20 years. Like I lived this life. I love it. I loved every minute of it. And I'm now just fostering a community of people that are now living that life. So for me, it's easy. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm already interested and fascinated in these businesses, their world, the work that they're creating and everything. It's 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 very easy once you start attaching meaning and purpose that, you know, the kind of life you're trying to lead anyways. Uh, so, yeah, your example of the Bass Pro uh, financial advisor uh, thing is, is really it's really fascinating because once you hear the story, you sort of realize, oh, you know, yeah, I guess that guy with enough time and energy is going to scoop up every pro bass fisherman in that world and have them all on his roster of clients. And it's like, yeah, it's kind of like a sports agent, right? Sports agents are like specialists. They're like, that's a major league baseball agent. They don't build a roster of clients for people in badminton, badminton (laughs) and right. And polo. No, they focused and they're like, I know all the people who are anybody in baseball. Mm-hmm. And because they love the game and right. they take their, their skill called representation and being an agent and negotiating, they bring it to bear there. So I love that example. Yeah, I totally, I love it because it's just seems so polar opposite, like financial planner, fisherman. Okay. <laughs> I know it, you would think those are incongruous. Right. Is that, right, is that right. the word? Uh, like these, well, these could never overlap, but no, that everything is going to overlap one way or another. Just right. keep, keep at it. Keep right. So here's another, here's another tip that I'll give people. Cause I, you know, I talk about this like at pretty much every day with somebody. Um, another thing that people will say is that, um, okay, well, I'm really passionate about, I'll use myself as an example. I'm like avid martial artist. And if I wanted to, you know, use my skills, let's say my, you know, when I was doing mobile, uh, consulting, web development, that kind of thing. Uh, if I was, if future me was talking to past me and said, oh, well, why don't you, you know, do uh, mobile web design and, and consulting for karate studios? And I'd be like, they don't have enough money to afford my exorbitant rates. And future me would say, well, um, what, you know, what do they need? What do they want? And is there a way that you mm-hmm. can solve that for them that maybe isn't the way that you package your expertise now, Maybe it's a WordPress plugin that you sell for 59 bucks, uh, or maybe it's $9 a month, or maybe you write a course or a book on how they can do their own WordPress sites, or maybe you have some kind of um, uh, group web marketing uh, crash course or something like that, uh, workshops, or maybe, here's another thing, and this is what the financial planner did, uh, if if you don't want to sell a you know package your expertise in another way in a more cost effective way and you still want to do the actual coding which is a very expensive thing to do uh, cost wise then you could look for businesses that are adjacent to 
the studio owners. So maybe mm-hmm. someone like Century who makes punching bags and all the gear or people who run tournaments or famous martial artists. So you're still, you know, you're still um, very much in the space. Uh, but the the martial arts, which is a very small world, it's not a big thing mm-hmm. uh, these days. Uh, if you, it, but, but it's a thriving ecosystem. There's like all sorts of businesses that serve that space. And any of them are going to recognize that you're super in the tribe. You're like one of the people. You're like a black belt for crying out loud. Uh, you know everything about it. You know the names of all the forms. You can do all the moves. Uh, you know you know who the all the people are, all the players are. You know who to call. You know who's up and down and sideways. So you could. St- so you know, I'm trying to uh, I'm trying to talk to the person in the audience who thinks that they can't do this and explain that. Trying to open their eyes a little bit to say like you could create. Uh, you know, past me could have created some kind of community for martial artists in which uh, maybe it was something about, um, you know, marketing their firm, their, uh, their studios or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Maybe it would be bringing back martial arts to the levels in the eighties when Karate Kid came out. I mean, that'd be a good mission that that whole tribe would be like, yeah, let's do that. <laughs> yes. The Cobra Kai fans. Exactly. Right. And here it comes. We can ride this wave, everybody. And that would be a mission that a lot of people would get on board with. And then, oh, by the way, you know, I do websites for Century and blah, blah, blah. And like, oh, really? Yeah, I think you're, 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 you're walking through what I would call exploring the adjacencies. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. That's... That if you just, if you look at, if you have a bullseye and then you create some concentric rings going out and you realize, well, here's the center of my center. This is, this is what I wish I could wave my magic wand and have happen. But what's on the, what's one circle out? What's two circles out? And often you find some very interesting things when you say, well, gosh, the buyers might be right here, but there's other related buyers uh, that are may- maybe not in the center, but boy, I would love to work with those people or with <laughs> those people. And yeah, you can explore some really interesting things doing that. Yep. Yeah. And if you're, if you're attuned to it and you have a community, so again, we're sort of like, how do I fund the mission? You know, how it's like, great. Yeah. I want to run a community, but how do I fund it? How do I make it make sense for my business? Um, once you have the community and you, if you're attuned to what they want and you're because you're be having crazy amount of conversations uh, and conversations are great because that's where you find expensive problems. Mm-hmm. So people will say to you in their own words, oh, man, I wish or oh, I hate it when or I'm so sick of or I would love it if. And if you're if you're capturing these things and there's some way that it intersects with your skill set, like you have some solution potentially for these expensive problems, they'll do almost like your innovation for you. They'll do your, or at least your market research for you. And then you can innovate around those problems and solve them in some way that maybe is, is, um, central to your skill set, or maybe you hire someone to solve the problem and, and you become more of a business owner and less of a doer. For sure. Yeah. That whole listening aspect of it is really powerful because I often encourage a lot of my clients when they're asking, where do we go next? What do we do? Where are the opportunities? And I say, well, have you gone on a listening tour? Yeah. (laughs) Just go out there and start asking questions and don't be self-serving about it. And I will say this, like in my community, what's been interesting is I'm working with all these owners to help them run their businesses and grow and be more strong and so forth. But one thing I've been hearing increasingly over the years is, you know, someday I might need to exit my business. I might want to sell this business. <clears throat> how, how would that work? So, uh, oh, all right. Well, I'm actually very interested in that, but it required me to spend several years boning up that expertise. How do I enter into M&A conversations with my clients and find them buyers 
introduce them, you know, buyers to, to, to potential sellers and so forth. So that's a whole, that's a whole world that yes. I now am entering into that I'm very excited about. But when I first started out, that was not my intention. Right. Right. So yeah, it's these, it's these adjacencies that become really interesting as they, as they multiply over time. Absolutely. Cool. Well, where can people go to find out more about uh, what you're doing, your communities, uh, all that? Well, I would encourage uh, folks to go to revthink.com. That's the uh, consultancy website for RevThink. Um, and then look up my podcast. It's the RevThinking podcast. Those are probably the two best places uh, to start. And if they're, if the person runs you know, a creative firm, if they run a studio or a production company, um, they'll see our community. It's called Rev Community, but you can find it at community.revthink.com. Uh, but I just mentioned people do have to be qualified in order to, to join that. Mm-hmm. Great. Well, thanks so much, Joel. This has been fabulous. I think people are going to get a lot out of it. Well, great. I really enjoyed the conversation as always. Very, very stimulating. We should do this more often. I'm, I'm, I'm game anytime. <laughs> cool. All right, folks, that's it for this time. I'm Jonathan Stark, and I hope you join me again next time on Ditching Hourly. Bye. Would you like to learn how to get paid what you're worth? How about selling your expertise and not your labor? What about making more money without working more hours? We work through all of this together in the pricing seminar. Registration starts soon, so head on over to thepricingseminar.com to add your name to the announcement list. That URL again is thepricingseminar.com. I hope to see you there. Hey, Jonathan again. Do you have questions about how to improve your business? Things like value pricing your work instead of billing for your time, or positioning yourself as the go-to person in your space, or maybe productizing your services so you never have to have another awkward sales call or spend hours writing another custom proposal. Book a one-on-one coaching call with me and get answers to these questions and others in the time it takes you to get ready for work in the morning. Best of all, you're covered by my 100% satisfaction guarantee. If at the end of the call, you don't feel like it was worth it, just say the word and I'll refund your purchase in full. To book your one-on-one coaching call, go to jonathanstark.com slash call, C-A-L-L. That URL again is jonathanstark.com slash call. Hope to see you there.